Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. For this episode we're going to be taking a shallow dive into the Netflix series Sex Education and a deeper dive into predictions for the show's fourth season. The series stars Aza Butterfield as Otis Milburn, Emma McKay as Maeve Wiley and soon-to-be Doctor Who, Shuti Gatwa as Eric Effiong. For anyone who isn't already aware of the series, here is a quick summary. Socially awkward high school student Otis may not have much experience in the lovemaking department, but he gets good guidance on the topic from his personal sex ed course, living with his mum, Jean, who is a sex therapist. Being surrounded by manuals, videos and tediously open conversations about sex, Otis has become a reluctant expert on the subject. When his classmates learn about his home life, Otis decides to use his insider knowledge to improve his status at school. So he teams up with whip-smart bad girl Maeve to set up an underground sex therapy clinic to deal with their classmates' problems. But through his analysis of teenage sexuality, Otis realises that he may need some therapy of his own. To discuss the series, I'm joined by a very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hello, it's me, Jack, again. For third time now? <laughs> well, he's back again. <laughs> I do enjoy my reoccurring segment on your lovely podcast. I love having we you are. reoccurring on the podcast. <laughs> it's great to have you back. On the docket for today. Well, what's on the docket for today? Well, we're going to be talking about sex education. It's a little show on Netflix. Have you ever heard of Netflix? It's kind of a like a bougie, little-known streaming service. <laughs> And I mean, of course, recently stopped doing the mail order DVDs. Yeah, that was a bit of a shocker. They also want to charge us more for sharing passwords. But you've got to hand it to them. They're such a small niche business. You know, how are they supposed to grow? Let's talk about sex education. I've noticed you're pretending to masturbate, and I was wondering if you wanted to talk about it. Oh, I wish my mum was a sex guru. So, why don't you start by telling me your earliest memory of your scrotum? Trust me, you don't. No, I love you so bad. This is a new frontier, my sexually repressed friend. Our chance to finally move up the social food chain. I'm worried about you, man. Everybody's either thinking about shagging, about to shag, or actually shagging. The students at this school need your help, and we need their money. I'll deal with the business end of things, and you can do the therapy. Therapy? Yeah, sex therapy. Like your mum. Wow, sex therapist. This could be awesome. We could be popular. I might have a mild to moderate crush on me. I'm addicted to wanking. My pubes are out of control. I wish I could be a normal kid with a normal dad, with a normal dick. 
prepare for the best two years of our lives. Let me get you some condoms. Oh, thanks, Mom. Stay out of my life. What kind of man do you want to be? What kind of man do you want me to be, Dad? choose who you're attracted to you can't engineer a relationship i don't believe in love you are who you are don't let anyone take that away from you i still think it's a way to teenage boys a sex therapist so firstly what attracts you to this show? What do you enjoy about it? I mean, I heard about this quite early through um, Julian Addison's Instagram announcements about like being casted on a show for Netflix. So, I mean, I, my, I immediately watched it because it was one of her projects and just found a load of other things to like as well. I didn't watch it until lockdown. However, a lot of my colleagues who are in their 30s and older women talked about how good it was and how that they had learned things from it. And then, obviously, when lockdown came, I watched it in lockdown. And I just have to say, for a show that purports to be really aimed at a much younger audience, I think it's one of those rare shows that anyone, I mean, obviously not young children, but any adult, can take a lot away from it because at its heart it's talking about interpersonal relationships. Yeah, I also think it I think the way upon rewatching for this podcast, I was also thinking about like the simple message of like communication in yeah. general, never mind communication with one's partner, which mm. is also very important. Some of this like communication aspect, well, isn't really addressed when you do your SRE in school because like it's like oh you know we just we want to make it like as scientific as possible mm. so we don't so just in case hardliners out there with other views. I don't think there are yeah. any hardliners who listen to this podcast, and if there are, I don't want them listening. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I mean, don't you believe that Abbotsford education works? I mean. No, we should clarify. So your secondary education was in Sweden, which is where you currently live. And my secondary education was in the United Kingdom, which is where I currently live. And in the UK, it's much more about preventing pregnancy and disease than it is about communication or anything like that. It's just, here's a cucumber, here's a condom, go at it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... I would say, like, the difference, I don't know, like, what's covered. I didn't take SRA in the UK, so Mm -hmm. I know when I worked as a teacher, I heard about the ninth graders being shown an animated cartoon talking about all the different types of, like, sexual relationships that there were, and it included, like, a wide range of stuff. I I would say, like, reading teachers is a bit better about, like, you know, sexual health and like they also you know they they talk about you know like it's a woman's choice you know Mm. you know legally in sweden you know it's very it's quite possible to get it 
very easy to get a, a, an abortion without your parents' consent. Mm-hmm. There's a legal there's a legal framework that supports that. This is a bit off topic. People love it when we go off topic. Should we like quickly like run through? Well, I think I you think. should take the lead on this because you've actually got comprehensive I, notes. Oh yeah, I did actually make comprehensive <laughs> notes because I, I I had to remind myself which episode I hated. Okay, um, well, let's talk about which episode you hated. In our pre-chat, I was, we, we were talking about Eric Goes to Africa. It's episodes three to six. Everything else is, like, important that goes on in that episode. Like, Maeve, gets, Maeve wins a big competition. Eric Goes to Africa for a friend's wedding. Way more important than, then, like, the school completely rebels. I mean, season three is the weakest scene for me because it, it's so disjointed to what it was because I was constantly asking the question like what is the theme yes you're talking about sexual problems that's fine but like what is the theme like because I, I got this really weird vibe um correct you can tell me if, 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 if this is a bad feeling mm-hmm. is the reason that the principal is so like you know hard out about like being authoritarian is because she can't have children herself. I don't know. I mean, there's one way to look at it like that, isn't there? Like, she lacks this point of control. She can't control her fertility. It's not working for her. So maybe she's more domineering and controlling around the children around her. But I also read that end scene with Otis and the new head teacher as giving her some much-needed dimension because she didn't really have any dimension, did she? She kind of came in, was a bit of a villain, a bit of a hard ass. If you behave like that in a school in the UK, I don't think you would be head teacher for very long because I think once the parents found out that kids were being shamed in in the school, I think that would be an issue. I think she would have been removed from her post. I would also say they have that big uniform change. Now, I don't know whether you wear uniform in Sweden, but in the UK, obviously, we do wear school uniform, but it's really expensive and it's getting more expensive each year. So, so to go from a school that doesn't have a uniform to then having a uniform would have been a big expense for a lot of those parents. And I also think that that would have been an issue. I think you probably would have had the board of the school getting involved. They could have done the exact same thing without uniform. Yeah, I think maybe it's the because... metaphor of the uniform. Well, like, but I, I, I just think season three, there's like, there's no what's the plan. Like mm. what's the what what is Otis's journey from episode one episode eight? Mm. What is Amy's journey from episode one to episode eight? What what is Maeve, what is Maeve doing these episodes? I mean, yeah, Maeve I, seems to be the one that is the most sort of lost. I would say they don't seem to know what to do with her. I think there was there could have been some potential conflicts between her schedule on sex education. I felt like there could have been like a better way that they could have explained her missing. I mean, like. Eric goes to Africa is like kind of goes against like the message that this show is trying to you know you should communicate with your partner when you think about what it was like in season one and season two and i would say the highlights of maybe season one is the abortion episode in season two it's amy's assault on the bus in season three nothing really happens we enjoy spending time with these characters 
but we don't really the it's almost as if the writers don't know what to do with them in season three yeah like they were saying like their influence behind the mave isaac romance was to show like, like they wanted to show like romance between people with and without disabilities which is fine you know this is going to be like mave arc in the season the season sort of belongs to the character of adam who i think had the most growth out of anybody i wonder if season three the message was basically acceptance accept yourself because unless you do no one else is ever gonna be able to love you if you don't love yourself because I think a lot of hate gets put towards Eric because a lot of people saw his character as changing quite radically in season three but as we discussed I don't really feel that that's right I feel that both Eric and Adam at different times were embarrassed to be with each other. So for instance, Eric is embarrassed by Adam on a number of occasions, especially when he goes on that double date with Otis and Ruby. And then we've got Adam can't tell his mother the nature of his relationship with Eric. He can't come out. And I think eventually they're not even together and then he tells her and he's finally accepted that he's bisexual and he's also learned to sort of this is Adam he's learned to like himself and I wonder if that was the sort of message of season three although it kind of got lost a bit. Which is why I'm going to make the internet the Spotify community really angry with my predictions. Well season four. I was gonna say about Adam and Eric's relationship is that I felt it was a very true relationship. They are meant to be at high school, they're meant to be secondary school so let's say, let's be fair and say they're like 17, 18, they're doing their sixth form. They are incredibly young to be getting into such a serious relationship without any hiccups along the way. I just think like you say about they're in different places Eric is out it's it's been hard for Eric to come out to his parents especially his dad I mean his mum sort of knew but it was hard for him to come out to his dad and then the acceptance that his dad gave him was so important you don't just come out once though you come out multiple times throughout your life to lots and lots of different people where Adam is where he's not even ready to broach the subject I mean the only sort of people that know are people at school and some of his peers but he's not ready to even broach the subject with his mum they're the sort of people that would meet at a reunion when they're older and then hook up and I think it might work I think both of them would then have the emotional maturity to actually get into a relationship and and make it into something Adam used to be Eric's bully which is never I mean I'm not really totally dying for that trope of your bully secretly fancies you because I got bullied a lot at school and I can tell you none of them fancied me I mean, as someone who was also bullied at school, um, I can say that none of my bullies fancied me either. Um, (laughs) Well, maybe uh, they did and we were wrong. Maybe somewhere out there, our bullies have still got shrines to us. Maybe they're listening to this podcast, right? (laughs) I mean, 
one of the things that really annoys me mentally with the Africa episode is like doesn't really highlight like the the clear and current danger for yeah. anyone in that community. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for that community myself. It is very, very dangerous yeah. for anyone who's a gay, gay and lesbian who lives in other countries. Even in 2023, like, Ghana just outlawed it yeah. with the death penalty. Mm. I mean, obviously, Netflix did not have a crystal ball, but I'm, I mean, I'm not saying we have to have something bad happen to someone that we don't really care about. But, like, let's say, like, Eric, if we reimagined the season a bit where mm. where his mum needs him to like talk to the person he meets at the wedding about, you know, other things and he's like trying to like be be straight Eric but he can't he can't really he has trouble like, you know, being that person because he doesn't want to repress himself. Mm. And then like when they actually meet, then we would actually have a character interaction. So when they actually meet we understand, like, when they go to, like, the club and after the wedding and go for, like, a big romantic night out. But, like, again, and I, and I honestly thought, like, something bad was going to happen. I did think, like, oh, are they going to kill Eric? Because, like, you know, putting that photograph in your bag of you with another, in a romantic pose with someone who is your partner going to Africa is not fun. And some of these countries do, are very open about, like, scanning social media for those sorts of yeah. things. I mean, I mean, also, I think they missed an opportunity, maybe not to show violence, but maybe for the friend that he meets in Africa to find the photograph of him and Adam and for him to talk about how he could never take a photograph like that. He could never have a photograph like that. His yeah. his reality of being gay is in the shadows. He could never live out the way Eric can. I, I just don't know you that well and I think I should probably go. What? We just got here. Where are you taking me? You'll see. No, sorry. Where did you go before? I was checking escape routes. Escape? I've got you. It's okay. You're going to love it, I promise. With this series, the style is something that we should also talk about because the show exists in a sort of vacuum of time. I'm never sure whether it's set in the 1980s or set far into the future because the way they dress from day to day hops around each decade. Like, for instance, if you look at a character like Amy, she's kind of dressed in the 1970s, but she's also kind of dressed in 2022 version of the 1970s. And if you look at Eric with his, I mean, incredibly flammable shell suits, that is so 1980s. And they don't sort of rely on their phones as much as it would if it was a real school. I mean, these kids would never have a conversation. It would be all like via text or WhatsApp or messaging or however young people communicate nowadays. It exists in this void of tech. And the only other thing, now I know you hate Riverdale, but I am going to raise Riverdale because I think it's really interesting because Riverdale also does this where they'll have, like, the latest computer, but in the room is also a 1950s television. And it's like, you're not sure whether it's happening in the 1950s or now. And that's, I think, really interesting. And I think lends something to 
especially sex education, where you can't pinpoint it down to one sort of decade or, oh, it's 2020 to 2023 or anything like that. And it kind of feels more immersive and it could belong to any decade. Do you have any feelings about Ruby's outfit? Well, I've got a lot of feelings about her outfits. I mean, I think I love the way she dresses Otis. She dresses him like he's a 1960s pornographic director in London. I just think there's something so (laughs) wild about the way she dresses him and why she thinks that's a good look for her boyfriend. My favourite bit is when she does the neckerchief thing. She puts a neckerchief on him and it's like, what are you doing? We've got an exciting thing for listeners. Yeah. We are both going to present to you different opinions on what season four is going to look like without knowing what season, (laughs) without seeing a shred of like footage from season four. So, Tamsin, would you like to start with your presentation? I will start. I will start with the presentation. Yes. Okay, so for this presentation, I'm only going to be focusing on a handful of characters because obviously sex education has a handful of characters, but then a huge roster of guest characters. So we're not looking at any of those ones. So for this, I'm going to be mainly focusing on Otis Milburn and his life. So for me, I would love a time jump. And I would specifically love a time jump that brought Otis into his early to mid-twenties. I would like for everyone else to be very successful. I would like Maeve to come back to the school. She's become a successful author. She meets Otis and she finds out that he is working as the new guidance counsellor at the school. She also finds out that he is still living with his mum Jean and his sister and maybe his stepdad and that his life has not gone in any sort of trajectory that he thought it was going to go in. I think that would be really, really interesting because I think for this to work, what we really need to do is if we're going to keep such education going, we need to hand sex education to the next generation. But I think this is how we do it. The main story, the main focus should be on Otis and his life and why he's stuck in this sort of rut. So he went to university, that went kind of well. And then he just came back, did his own thing, and then he's still where he is now. He sees Maeve, he finds out about Eric, like we see Eric's life and he's doing really well. I was thinking maybe he could work in public relations or fashion or something like that. That kind of feels very Eric-y. I kind of see him either as a designer or someone who does public relations for a fashion house. So his life is going really well. And I think that Gillian Anderson, Jean, is concerned about him. But I think what we, what I would really want is for the end of series four to be him taking a job or deciding to go with Maeve or deciding to go traveling to start his life but in between that obviously we've met all of the students that he interacts with so we've got this new roster of characters coming in and I just thought it would be really interesting the last episode of season four is really the Otis character finally leaving the school and embarking on this 
new adventure but he leaves behind characters that new characters that we've gotten to know through the lens of him being there their counselor and also just seeing them around the school and finding out bits about their story that intersperse with this main plot so yeah that's what i would like to see i would like to see sad sack otis go on this journey of discovery and then maybe end up with Maeve or maybe not end up with Maeve because I think their story has always been right time, wrong person or right time, wrong time. They kind of continually miss each other. So I think it would be nice for them to maybe he books a ticket to go travelling and then he turns around and she's sat in the seat next to him and then bang we end the season season five baby that's what i would like to see okay um mine's a bit different okay because i mean we're all aware that emmy mackie is like not involved after season four mm. because one of the shows that, that i thought really worked well that refreshed the season, that saved the show, that literally, the time jump saved the show was One Tree Hill. And yeah. that's kind of, I have watched all the episodes of One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. And I did lose a few brain cells along the way. <laughs> um, maybe season four should, should be its final season. Yes. Okay. So my storyline is similar to Tampton. I kind of decided on like an eight year time jump because I wanted to include it enough time for Otis to get a uh, doctorate. Mm-hmm. So bear with me. But her book went sold so well that she's probably she's like now one of like the, the most well-known sex psychologists in the world, uh, sex therapists in the world. They now have their own clinic that both that Otis and his mum work at to see patients. And mm-hmm. um, obviously o- Otis is still trying to help people but he is he is trying to write a book about how what influenced him to become a uh, therapist as well and he's writing about the years where he did make mistakes and give unsolicited advice for money while uh, i would also say that eric has gone off to london to become a designer lily's science fiction book got immediately picked up yeah. by a uh, by a publisher and she moved to Benidorm with Ola and she is constantly writing to Otis about her escapade her her escapades of what it's like living in Benidorm. And meanwhile, Maeve is still in America. They have throughout the eight years we received flashbacks of them trying to meet up, mm. trying to spend time together. We see we see her trying to, he goes to New York to with his mom because his mom's doing a talk and he invites her to let you meet Jean sort of thing, you know, she's, and Jean is aware of this, but like also Jean is kind of offended because she gets into a writing binge from her new uh, editor played by Dan Levy. So like she skips the dinner. I would say that Otis starts to think about like that he's he is constantly missing her. Like they're having real time hard time commute trying to make this long term relationship work. And meanwhile he, he he feels happy for his mum but he always feels that, you know, whatever he can what he wants to do in the field of psychology, you know, he'll he'll never be able to eclipse what his what his mum 
has she goes off to private therapy me- meetings with Taylor Swift, just not if we're a celebrity in that. Um, <laughs> and I love so it. We'll, we'll never see. We'll never see her, but we'll we'll have a mention. We'll mention her. Like meanwhile, they have become politicians. I would say one of the biggest things that have changed in Otis's life is Tanya, who is um minor character from a previous season who I thought was really good is now Otis's wing woman (laughs) and both of them are like both feeling of them that like their life isn't working and like um, she's like constantly telling him to like you know like you need to dump me and he's like creating so many excuses like oh but she was so so nice in this moment I feel like there could be a lot more comedy Ruby comes into his office and tries to get some help and he's like you know no I can't see you professionally we had a relationship he he, well he knows that he treated her really badly Mm. when they were last in a relationship and he's always had it in the back of his mind about his behavior and he's tried to be a better boyfriend with Maeve, but because they have so many disconnections about about how and when their relationship will, you know, begin and end, like, you know, they can do romantic soppy talk with each other on the phone all day, but, like, they're not having those physical... They're not spending that physical time with each other. Mm. The season was focused on that. So I think that he... I think he should break up with Maeve, then... Uh, use the last few episodes to basically uh, restart his romantic relationship with Ruby and therefore making Otis and Ruby endgame. But that's my presentation because I couldn't think of what Adam and Jackson could be doing. So I could imagine them working for Amy as, deli- as people doing delivery. I think it's brilliant. I really, really like it. And I think you could get some really nice emotional bits out of Maeve and Otis breaking up. I have to say they are making a very grave mistake if they if they are, if they are fixed with doing the school again. We're going to get bad things. This is unless it's been presented in like a maybe a skins format. Well, I was going to mention skins, and I was going to say what what kind of hovers behind this, and it's two shows really. It's skins. There again, they had this sort of revolving door of second, third generation cast members that you just didn't care about. Yeah, I think they've got to be careful because I completely agree with you. You don't want to end up like Skins or Glee with the second, third alliterations of the show being really, really forgettable. If there is a season five, which I, like you, I don't think there will be, but if there is a season five, the mountain that it's going to have to climb will make what Glee and Skins had to do look easy. Well, I want to say thank you very much for being an amazing guest again. I always love having you on, Jack. Oh, thank you. Uh, I I really enjoyed being on, and I I'll, I'll communicate to you. <laughs> I will I will figure out how we would present four episodes of Skin. <laughs> uh, I mean, for for like four, so we can turn it into a four parter because. <laughs> I think force you to accept that Cook is the worst character. Oh, I don't so. think Cook is not a bad character. Actually, I don't. I don't think that. <laughs> anyway, uh, bye-bye. bye bye. <laughs>